Hello, I am that roll of washi tape you bought from Daiso that isn't sticky anymore after one week. Oz. And I'm the fiancé you left for the stripper at your bachelor party, Ray. And welcome to... Skin... Where skinny thoughts share skinny thoughts. Welcome back to this season, where we're reviewing the episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5. This week, we're taking a look at episode 3. Returning back to the workroom, the girls are cooling down from the elimination from the previous week, where Angina was eliminated by Shay's hand. Now the girls open up the lipstick voting box to see what the vote for by the group is. And the vote is unanimous, all for Angina. So that means Angina voted for herself to go home. And I think as we reiterated a whole bunch of times last episode, in episode one as well, like never give up is essentially the bottom line in any competition. And I think Derek, who got eliminated in week one, must be kicking himself with frustration seeing Angina still stick around after week one but have so little conviction. Mm, That's true, but I still feel sad that Angina was ever put in a mental place where she was doubting herself as much as she was last week. So I hope in the year since filming, she's been able to rediscover her confidence and feel better about her talents. Oh, I miss her already. The next week, it's a fresh day in the workroom and the girls are confronting Cracker about her talk with Angina and many of the girls are criticizing Cracker for playing mind games with Angina and saying that she's inauthentic. What do you think? I'll be completely honest. I agree completely. If you've listened to our episode last week, you'd know that I am not here for any of Cracker's mind games and tomfoolery at all. Even if she didn't have malicious intent behind her words, this is something that you should know better than to say out loud to people, especially if those words have the potential to bring them down and upset them. Well, in any case, Rue comes in to break the tension by introducing this week's maxi challenge, Shante, enjoy your stay. The girls have to work in teams to design and present their own signature suite. And the first team is composed of Ms. Cracker, Mariah Balenciaga, and Shea Kule. Next, we have India Farah, Jujubee, and Alexis Mateo making up the second team. And lastly, we have Bless Sinclair and Maya Miller working together again. Now, this challenge is a spin on the challenge from last year's All-Stars 4 challenge where the girls designed and presented a club interior. And I think while this challenge is premised a lot on interior design and aesthetics, at the end of the day, humour and comedy wins the day. The girls just have to sell their suite. Mm-hmm. I did say last week, but it's worth saying again. I worry that the increased focus on humour detracts from other aspects of drag, like looks, performance skills, dancing, high-concept things, you know? Because it does kind of take away from the whole variety of it, but let's move on. So right off the bat, the teams each have their own preliminary ideas. Blair's team wants to go with a gold-themed room, Jujubees is going to be jungle-themed, and Shay's team is basing their room off the Golden Girls. Who do you think looks the strongest? In terms of aesthetic appeal, I'm most drawn to Blair and Mayhem's black and gold room. Because it's a timeless colour scheme, you really can't go wrong with it. 
I unfortunately don't love green and jungle aesthetics enough to like Team Jujubee's Glamazon. Sorry. And as for Team Shea's Golden Girls Room, it's a good idea and it's a cohesive colour scheme and overall aesthetic, but since the Golden Girls are, you know, old ladies, my worry is that the overall styling, the overall effect comes off as being old-fashioned in a bad way. Like almost frumpy, like it was your great-great-grandma's room with the musty floral wallpaper, you feel? Hmm, I think Shay's team looks like they have the most solid idea though. And I think the more specific the idea, the better actually, because you can really have a concrete plan that helps better with execution. And more importantly, the girls already have their persona set in place with this idea, which can make their process a lot easier. Now they just have to execute it. That's very true, but having too specific an idea could also backfire if you go too detailed because you're effectively boxing yourself in. For example, this case is a golden girl's room. The expectation is now that you're going to drop references left, right and centre and have a very thematically consistent room overall. So there's very little room now to manoeuvre with your own personal touches, but it's interesting to see how they approached it nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And now it's the Maxi Challenge D-Day. Everyone's getting their wigs snatched and their outfits ready. And all the groups are having their own little convos and kind of like vibing with each other, right? And I think like just off the bat, Shay's group is really the one feeling the most like vibe and like in tune with each other. Like everyone really seems like they're in a good mood and coming into their own with the group. Mm-hmm. Not sure if it's just Shay being an excellent people person, because we had similarly high synergy from her group last week too, but it's great to see that there seems to be no infighting, at least. Now, Shay starts having a little heart-to-heart with Cracker about the witch hunt that went on earlier yesterday at the table for Cracker, and the two talk about how much better the experience has been for Cracker working with the group and the better chemistry that they have together. <laughs> and then Alexis comes over with a shark attack over what Cracker said, picking up that she does not respect her. My god, did I scream. Like, Cracker listing who she respects and then Alexis, so you don't respect me? Girl! You have to finish your challenge first, and then then when it's time for judging, maybe that's when you get in each other's heads. Just a thought. I think Cracker really kind of stumbled and tripped herself over trying to navigate that social situation. Like when she listed the people that she respected, and first started with Shay and Mariah, then added in Juju but stopped the list there. That just gave like Alexis a real whiff of the blood in the water, right? And But I think the funniest part has to be when Jujubee said snarkily to the camera at the side, second language my ass, based on how much <laughs> yeah. Alexis is yapping off, right, on Cracker. I thought that was so funny. Now, moving into the maxi challenge proper, we first start with the Golden Girls Hotel and Resort with Shay, Cracker, and Mariah. Okay, I don't really know the Golden Girls, so I don't think I can really comment on the characters or the theme for the room. I I did think that the room was very nicely decorated, but def- it felt like there was something off about their characters. Like, kind of mm. like they didn't lean enough into it, and like a sort of clunkiness to it. Yeah, that is exactly what I feared would happen. 
The idea was so specific that they didn't have room to move around and explore it more and make it really come to life. Mm. And next up is the Glamour Zone, the jungle-themed room. Um, I think over here the biggest winners and losers are very apparent. Like, you could tell that Jujubee is a very charismatic performer here. And <laughs> is she actually Laotian? And whereas India was just <laughs> left stranded over, over there under the golden shower head. Yeah, Jujubee is Thai and Laotian. As mentioned earlier, I don't personally prefer jungle aesthetics, but the challenge is to sell the room, and they certainly sold it. And Jujubee really shone the most out of the team. Alexis was, as expected, very convincing, very campy, and India was... well, she was there. And lastly, we have the 24-carat room with Blair and Mayhem, who's now known as LeMay. I don't have much to say about this room, except that it's pretty, and the team sold it with their humour. It wasn't amazingly exceptional, but neither was it anywhere near awful. Hmm, um, to be honest, I thought this was gonna be a whole Club 96 2.0, like in the manner of AS4, with Blair and Mayhem's whole like too cool for you personas. And well, I think I'm gonna disagree with you a bit here because I actually thought it was kind of cringy, right? Like when they made all the jokes and those personas. And I actually honestly thought that the two were gonna be in the bottom. But now to the runway category is three, three, three looks in one. So there's gonna be quite a lot to digest here. And I think we'll just try and go through them a bit quicker, maybe. Yeah. As always, for our friends here for the first time, hello, here's a quick rundown. A toot is a look we love, a boot is one we hate, and a shoot goes above and beyond. So, let's begin. First up, we have Blair and Claire with a decades time travel trio. With a fifth, wow, that was such a mouthful, like a tongue twister. <laughs> a decades time travel trio with a 50s belted dress to a 60s mini mod dress, and finally a 70s disco jumpsuit. This is a toot for me. I really love the concept and the idea is really, really well done for me, actually. Same here. It's a good concept, well executed, and I especially love that last glittery jumpsuit with the completely straight hair. And I might be reading too much into Blair's trio of looks, but I also saw that these vintage style pieces is a little callback to her season 10 persona of being that preppy, kind of retro ingenue Except this time, she's really grown into her own, so a toot for me too. Next up, Mayhem Miller. Uh, I think this is unfortunately a boot for me. Or at the very most, a really borderline toot. I think the looks themselves are... Well, they're quite nice actually. Especially the final bandana up hairdo in the last look. But I'm just not very sure that there are three separate looks, right? Especially that second one in the middle. I also think that because the print looks very similar to her Alaskan winter realness look from season 10, it kind of disappointed me because I didn't feel like I was looking at anything real particularly new. Mm, you took the words right out my mouth. I'm afraid it is a boot for me too. I love the recurring theme with the same patterned pink fabric and the black as well, but I would also argue that taking off a coat and a skirt respectively 
don't count as three separate looks. If anything, you're just wearing a retro swimsuit with a skirt and a coat over it and like a wig covering your bandana. So, boot. Next up is Alexis Mateo with a three-look circus team. Going from the circus top to a sort of lime green ballerina look thing, something, <laughs> and then to a trapeze outfit, right? I think this is a boot for me. Um, I think the idea is very cute, but I think the execution leaves much to be desired, right? I only really like the last look, the trapeze artist look. And the silhouettes of the first two feel a bit kind of weird and clunky, right? So I think they need to be streamlined a bit. Mm, it's a soft toot on my end, because it was a really cute and creative idea that I don't think many people, if any, would have thought of. But I do agree on the silhouette point, and would add that I'd have preferred a more cohesive colour scheme between the looks to really tie the whole thing together. Then we have India Vera serving Basil Rathbone's Sherlock Holmes realness with a herringbone pattern trio. First was a floor-length peplum dress followed by a pantsuit, both with Holmes's traditional Inverness cape, and finally a leotard with a little sash at the hip. Toot for me, those were three very distinct looks, all joined in a coherent theme with the look of the same fabric with matching details like the black leather gloves and the boots that suit her theme well. My only critique is that I think black or dark brown hair would have complemented the look better instead of the blonde ponytail she went with, but overall, a solid toot. Well, this is definitely a toot for me, like, right off the bat. Um, I don't really have a very big problem with the blonde hair. I think it's perfectly fine, right? And... I just think that India's runway tonight was another example of an idea put into execution flawlessly, right? The idea of using the same print throughout and focusing on creating different silhouettes and different vibes for the three different looks. I thought it was perfectly successful and just goes on to show how well India has rebranded herself. Uh, next is Jojo B with her trio based off different seasonal holidays, right? So she first starts off with a Halloween witchy outfit and then sort of a Mrs. Claus kind of fit and finally a little Easter Bunny-esque costume, right? And I'm kind of sorry, but this is a boot for me. I thought all of the three outfits looked really costumey to me. Oh my gosh, I'm being so harsh today. Everything are boots, right? But I think the first two outfits looked a little bit too plain and left a lot more to be desired. And the third outfit was actually quite nicely fitted, but it felt a little too similar to the second in terms of ex especially the colours, right? Mm -hmm. I gave it a soft toot because the idea is really ingenious, but I do agree with your critiques. It was very costumey, but part of me wonders if that was intentional, since, after all, they are holiday costumes. Soft toot. Up next is Mariah Paris Balenciaga serving opulent futurism. This is a toot for me! I really love the cohesion with the black velvet throughout, especially that visor headpiece thing in the first part. Truly gave me life. Toot. Mm -hmm, yep, I agree with you, right? This is also a tool for me. Um, I especially love the last look, right? It looked very elegant and I think there's a very like tasteful 
eye to detail that you can tell from all of her outfits, right? Um, but my only complaint is that the first outfit is very like, how to say, like bumbled up, right? She kind of looks just like a, a fluff ball, which is, I, I guess, quite a big problem, especially for reveal outfits, because you are, it's always easier to go from something very um, like big and fluffy to conceal whatever you are revealing underneath, right? So that's my only complaint. Um, next up to the runway, we have Miss Cracker, right? So Cracker's storyline for the outfits is based on the story of Anastasia. Uh, and it's quite funny because I just recently watched the Disney movie on Netflix, right? But in any case, Anastasia is the long-lost Russian princess whose supposed escape and survival was a popular urban myth in the wake of the Russian Revolution. Right, so Cracker's storyline is based off that, and Cracker's three outfits are an absolute truth for me. I would say the first egg look is very campy and fun, the second is really glamorous, perfect for standing still and looking composed, and the third is well, perfectly mobile with garters and a flowy train for strutting down the runway. It's a toot for me too. I love that glittery cream and navy color scheme that was consistent throughout all three looks. And the reddish-brown hair was a wonderful contrasting touch as well. But my main issue was this. Cracker's skin has this gorgeous natural pink undertone, and her face and tights are more on the yellow side. And, well, the face isn't as evidently off unless you take a long hard look comparing it to her chest. But her tights are straight up yellow. Like, my personal take is that if you want to bare your legs, but you're not a curious C. Davenport, then your tights should be as close to your natural skin tone as possible. And that's not what I was getting here, sadly. Last but not least, Shea Coulee. Her trio of looks is centered on the gorgeous pastel pink and yellow, rosy maple moth, from egg to lava to adult. It's a toot for me because, again, a very clever idea and well executed. I'm living for the psychedelia of it all. Not sure what's up with Ross calling it crafty and costumey though. I suspect they just needed a reason, which I personally don't think was even there, to have Shay in the bottom at least once because god forbid she have a smooth road to the top. Yeah, this was a toot for me. I'm not sure why the judges hated on it so much, like you said, right? Um, while I did think that the three looks, uh, especially the second, right, may have been a tad bit discombobulated, I really loved how far out there Shay went to play the game, right? It really looked like something Crystal Method, uh, Crystal Method, may have pulled out from her wheelhouse, right? So, yeah. yeah, I thought it was a really good, like, move and risk that Shay took, right? And I was mm -hmm. quite sad for her that it didn't pay off. Mm -hmm. Well, in any case, um, after the runways, RuPaul reveals that her favourite sweet is the 24-carat sweet, but her favourite performance is of Jujubee's, making her the top all-star of the week, and this is Jujubee's first ever main challenge win in Drag Race history. Meanwhile, India, Shay, and Mariah are in the bottom. What do you think? First off, congrats, Juju. This win was a very, 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 very long time coming and incredibly well-deserved. 
She shone so bright this week, and I couldn't be prouder. And I agree with the assessment of the gold room as a whole being safe. No surprise there. But the bottoms? Hello? India's placement is self-explanatory. Don't agree with Mariah Bottom, but Shay? Really? Really? <laughs> yeah, I remember my first takeaway from this episode being that this is a mess. <laughs> I was really upset that Shay and Mariah were in the bottom and that Blair and Mayhem were safe instead. Shay being in the bottom and potentially going home is just like really the ultimate Manila flashback moment and this was just really confusing and upsetting. Mm, like I said earlier, I think they just needed her to be in the bottom at least once because it might look like favoritism if she just sailed to the top. But you know who else sailed to the top on All Stars with zero bottom placements? Ben de la Creme. And the only reason Ben didn't win was because she sent herself home. So... I was incredibly frustrated with Shay's placement this week, and so it seems with Shay. But let's discuss more of the jury decision where the bottom girls plead their case. Yeah, um, India is really talking with the girls and she's kind of starting to break down, right? I think this is actually really touching because she's so passionate about it. And it actually is kind of the exact opposite of what Anjana was showing us last week. Mm -hmm. And we also have a moment of Mariah connecting with Juju and the rest of the girls, especially Cracker. Personally, I was very touched by this moment, right? I was very impressed by Mariah's vision and self-assuredness in spite of her bottom placing. I think that really is the mar her mark, right? And the mark of being an all-star. Agreed. Mariah Balenciaga, aka Mariah Paris, aka Mariah Successful, is making that successful absolutely explicitly clear right now. I think it's evident from her words that whatever the outcome tonight, this isn't the last we're seeing of Mug for Days. Mm -hmm. And now to the lip sync. Monet Exchange, winner of All Stars 4, comes out as the lip sync assassin. What do you think? Monet has definitely turned some memorable lip syncs over the years, and my personal favourite was Pound the Alarm from season 10. She's definitely a threat, but I'm not sure if assassin is the right word here. No matter what though, I'm excited to watch her turn it out, and she certainly delivered, so she did deserve this week's win. Um, personally, I think the lip sync was a bit of a letdown to me, right? I don't think Monet did particularly very much assassinating, nor did Jujubee lip sync very well either, right? And mm -hmm. I think Monet just simply won by embodying Lizzo's feel just a bit more and getting a bit more comfortable with the song, right? But there weren't there weren't any of the traditional Monet theatrics that we are familiar with from her, right? And meanwhile, Juju just felt really off form here, right? She didn't have that confidence and assuredness that we expect and know from her, from all her comedy and all those challenges, right? And she actually seemed a bit overpowered and shaken. So I think the decision for Monet to win is really quite justified. Agreed. In fact, if you look closely at Juju, especially in the second verse, Juju was mouthing gibberish, to be honest. I was half expecting a Shay confessional to pop up with, oh, she doesn't know the words, like with Valentina on season 9. 
I do feel that Juju was simply thrown off by Monet, and I hope that this was just a one-off bad lip-sync day for her. So, Monet wins the lip-sync, the $10,000 in the pot rolls over the next week, and she reveals that the group has voted for Mariah to leave. Um, personally, I was very, very disappointed by the outcome because I had really wanted Mariah to stay and India to sashay away, right? While India does admittedly have the better track record, I feel that Mariah has the better markings and makings of an all-star with her vision and assuredness, as we said before, right? While India seems to be stuck in her rut of being overshadowed, right? Unfortunately, I kind of think Mariah was at the mercy of the group with how the pieces fell, because Shay and Cracker were forced to make strategic choices in voting for Mariah, their teammate, to ensure that Shay did not have the highest vote to go home at the mercy of the other girls. In any case, that brings us to the end of episode 2, right? So who are your frontliners for this season? I Personally, I still feel like Shay is the only clear frontliner now, because the performance of the others have well, honestly, been rather lackluster. Honestly, same. I don't have much to say, but going into this season, I was hoping for the stakes and competition to be much higher than what we've actually seen so far, and unfortunately, this season is a little bit of a letdown in that regard. But hey, if it means that Shay has a clearer path to the crown, as a Shay stan, I'm all here for it. In any case, that's the end of this week's episode. Thank you for listening. This has been Skinny Thoughts with Ray and Oz. Thank you for listening and join us next week for another episode of... Skinny Hello, I am that roll of washi tape you bought from Daiso that isn't sticky anymore after one week. Oz. <laughs> what? I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my god, I'm gonna put a blooper section at the end of the episode and it's just me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Like, last week's blooper will be the campaign truck. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's good, that's good. That's good, yes. Yeah, washi tape. And I'm the fiancé you left for the stripper at your bachelor party, Ray. Welcome to... Wait, 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 have you, wait. Have you not done this before? What? Have you not said that line before? No, that was just me telling you what I was saying next this week. Oh shit! Okay, okay. Let uh, let's start. start and we are watching, I guess. Okay. I'll I'll just start my part again. Hmm.